Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Joining us is Mike Fermansky, General Manager of the Alger Delta Electric Cooperative in Gladstone. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Morning. It's the first time I've been able to talk with you since you took the position. Right. So what's it been like for you? Um, Good. Uh, it's It's been, uh, I guess, more different than I thought it would be. Um, as you know, I was with the City of Escanaba Electric Department for, for a very long for time. 21 years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, just, um, I don't know, just... The the co-op world is a little different. Some of the um, you know procedures we do, and and you know at the city we we were sitting on a pretty good chunk of money in the electric department. Um, so I mean loans was like the last thing on our mind. We we actually um, did loans to the other departments. Whereas now with Elger Delta being an RUS borrower, pretty much everything we do, um, we we get loans uh, from. Uh, you know, from the federal government, the uh, rural rural utility services. Um, you become more of a financial guy then. Well, um, yeah, I'm. Yes, <laughs> I've had to. Um, you know, and you know, sure. and the and the government, uh, the loans are, are, um, you know, they're very low interest rate, but there's a lot of requirements to them, uh, environmental requirements and other things uh, you have to do um, to have access to those loans. So, um, it's 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 been been fun. It's been good uh, learning process, and uh, I've been there eight months now. Um, Bigger area. Oh, huge I mean, area. Considering you just had the city, and now you go all the way from Menominee County up into Elder County, Marquette right. County. Right. You got a lot of major businesses, the casino, I know that they were working with in Marquette County. Right, right. up in Harvey there. Mm-hmm. We have that casino as a, as a member. Uh, and, yeah, that, that's been a, um, taking a, <laughs> a little bit to get used to. You know, in the city, I mean, I, I couldn't drive more than 10 minutes and get from one end of the system to the other. Where here, yeah, I, it could easily be two hours. Um, we cover down the Shaky Lakes area, um, over in the Cedar River area, down in Menominee County and in the Stonington Peninsula and in Delta County. Then a bunch of the um, Hiawatha National Forest area, all the, all the lakes and, and um, areas up there. And then, um, you know, we have a number of areas that are kind of detached from the main systems. Uh, Grand Marais. I mean, that's you know kind of off on its own, but we we serve Grand Marais. Um, we have a little spot out in La Branche we serve. We have a little area out in Watson, uh, Cornell area we serve, um, and then we have a a pretty nice run there from you know Autrain, Deerton, Harvey, and then we skip over Marquette, but uh, the whole Big Bay area we serve that as well. So yeah, How does that happen? Don't you have to have a line to those isolated areas? Well, right. We, or we you pick use it up somebody else's. ATC. Okay. Well, it's some of each. Um, actually, our train, we get um, our service at our train comes through UPCO. Right now, our service out in the Harvey Deerton area, we, we take uh, service through Marquette Board of Light and Power. Uh, we're actually um, one of the projects that I, you know, was ongoing when I started there was uh, a new substation they had built. Um, Eh, like over towards Nagani kind of but that's gonna actually we're gonna transfer the Harvey Deerton load over to our own substation and get away from uh, BLP um well you know a thing or two about substations after the one here yeah, after yeah. the plant blew here <laughs> yeah. you had to put a couple in right right mm-hmm. right but otherwise so, I, so think- I think just historically you know we co-ops uh nationwide got the areas that you know investor-owned utilities really didn't want to serve it wasn't right. Um, profitable enough for them. 
Um, so in the 1930s, uh, when you know co-ops just exploded across the country, yeah, we picked up area, and, and I think it was by petition. Residents in an area would get together and you know petition the board for membership and um, get accepted and then build out to those areas. Because it's rural, one of the other things you probably are dealing with that you didn't have to in the city so much are power outages because of down lines from storms and things. Right, and and uh, that's you have to send out crews and work yeah, with that, right? Yeah, and and it, it, this was in progress before I I started there, but for the last few years they they have really um, and this is a credit to the board and I guess previous management that they've really um, upped their um, uh, their 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 tree trimming pro- program. Um, okay, along the lines, right? Um, and that was another. Like I said, the differences between the city to the co-op. You know, at the city, I think we were at twenty-five thousand dollars a year for contract tree trimming. Um, at the co-op, it's over a million dollars a year in Whoa. contract tree trimming. So, but we we have just you know so much more lines and, and through um, much more rural areas. Uh, you know, across you know through swamps and cross country, and you know, as in the city, yeah, we had we had lines, but we you could get to. All, 90% of them very easily. They're in, you know, alleys and uh, roadways and stuff like that where it takes more specialized equipment to a lot of the uh, the tree work. And some of our work, too, as well, we have to do with uh, track machines. Um, the bombers, they call them, that, you know, they're, they're off-road um Oh, you get fun equipment to play with. Well, I don't, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can go out, can't you? You Yeah, they don't let me drive. They don't don't let you drive. (laughs) You do get out and about quite a bit as far as being now in charge. You've got a lot of community uh, stuff that you have to deal with. Right, yeah. And and that's been good. And, you know, just to go and, uh, you know, meet different people in the the different areas, uh, whether it's MEDC or local emergency planning uh, coordinators or... um, you know, EDA people uh, from distri- different counties and areas that we serve. So It's been a while since I talked with Tom Harrell, who you took his position after he retired. Right. But the last time I talked with him, he was talking about a lot of expansion that they were in the process of doing. Yeah, and, and we're seeing it. And, and I think a part of it is uh, just with COVID. I think people are wanting to, um, you know, maybe where they had a, a, you know, a little cabin or a cottage now, you know, we see a lot of service upgrades and a lot of new service requests. Um, you know, historic numbers of new service requests are going in, um, and 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 our our system load, our system sales are are uh, holding or actually increasing a little bit. Versus, you know, the city was on a 12, 14 year decline in sales. Um, you know, Elger's uh, actually increasing sales, and I think you know people are just moving. To their seasonal homes or cottages, and, and making more, you know, more of a year-round place. And I think what's helping that as well is, uh, you know, as, as more and more fiber gets put in. I, I know up in Hiawatha, they're putting fiber in every day, and I, and I think that's just allowing people to, you know, work from, uh, you know, up at Round Lake or Corner Lake or any of those lakes up there. They're able to to work from home and still be, uh, commun- you know, connected to the world uh, much better than they were, you know, even just a few years ago. When you were with the city of Escanaba, you put in a solar farm here, or right. solar garden, you called it. And so you learned a lot about that. Right. Certainly the state is moving towards more of the uh, energy being used by renewable energy, solar being one of them. Sure. Uh, is that something that you, are you buying your renewable energy as a co-op, or are you going to be producing your own as well? 
Well, we are a we're a member of WPPI, just like you know, Gladstone, Norway, Crystal Falls uh, are members as well. Um, we are the only. So you co-op. purchase all of it, then. right? Okay. We're we're the only co-op in the WPPI system, and you know, part of the um, the deal of being a member is yeah, you purchase all your energy uh, from. So you let them worry WPPI. about how much. Right, considered renewable. And, and, and because you did the same thing with the city. The city got out of producing its own power. You were purchasing it all. And then right. you went into the the solar part of it, which right. you were then producing again. Right. Which that, that was you know, a much different deal. Uh, the city had a contract with Nextera uh, Energy Marketers that allowed us to build up to four megawatts of uh, self-generation. It was uh, very uh, vague, it, whether it was solar or you know, whatever sort of generation you wanted to do, uh, you could build up to four megawatts. But we we uh, don't unfortunately don't have that option with WPPI. Okay. When you uh, look at what the company is doing, what are the needs and things that you need to work at? Are there areas that you need to concentrate on? I don't Menom- know. If I know enough. <laughs> Menominee <laughs> County was one of those. I think that Tom was talking about that you were doing some expansion in. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we're seeing some down there. Most of it's up north, though. A uh, lot of lot of you know, residential requests, um, in, like I said, in Hiawatha area. And then the... Well, didn't you also just, you had a major, when you talk about borrowing money for projects, didn't you just do a major uh, borrow for some for some upgrades or investments that you were doing? Right. That was up in uh, Marquette County. Okay. That was uh, with area. the casino up there? Well, it, they're going to be served off the the brand new substation they, they built last year. But it's a brand new sub, and then uh, we had to build... Uh, probably about nine or ten miles of line to um, from where the substation was built because you know we had to build that um, close to the transmission system and then we ran a distribution line like I said about nine or ten miles and that's where we'll hook up in Harvey to the you know the Harvey Deerton circuit that is being fed by uh, uh, Marquette Board of Light and Power right now. One of the things I really wanted to talk with you about is the task force that you were on with the state on whether or not we could produce our own energy here in the up or you know talk about different ones especially propane and you didn't want to talk to me while you were on the task force but the task force is done now (laughs) so we get to talk about it a little bit right sure first of all why did you want to be on this task force i don't know i guess i I was asked to um by the executive director of the michigan municipal electric association uh to make sure that the municipals would have a voice on this board at the time i was probably like the most senior electric superintendent in the up right? of the of the what is there maybe 10 um mm-hmm. up municipals um so just you know i guess to to help the group um and have, or ha- allow the group to have a voice on that board i agreed to to do it okay. um, not not that i i guess you know i wasn't even really aware of it of that that this group was being formed until i got asked to be on it the first list of recommendations dealt with the propane supply for the Upper Peninsula. Of course, the governor put this together when she was elected because she wants to close Line 5, which we uh, take the propane from as it moves through the Upper Peninsula. So th- did you ever get the feeling that she formed this task force with a predetermined goal in the end? Um, yeah, I did have that, that feeling at times. Um, you know, some of the stuff that like I personally brought up just didn't seem to go very far. And, you know, I had, you know, a little bit of support, but, uh, you know, a couple times I would make comments or suggestions and like after the meeting, a fellow board member was like, you know, yeah, that was a good suggestion. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, but, but they didn't support me in the meeting. So, um, some of my stuff, I don't know, didn't, didn't go very far, but I did have that feeling that it was more, um, 
you know, predetermined. It was more just for show than actual expectations of uh, any uh, revelations coming out of that board. All in all, it was a great experience. Um, you know, met some really good people on the board. I learned a lot. You know, I, I had heard the, you know, I knew the UP got a good majority of its propane through line five, but, you know, I always often thought, well, why don't they just ship propane, you know, ship it to Rapid or ever and distribute from there and, you know, shut it down across the straits. Uh, Found out you can't really do that. Um, the pro, you, you, They don't ship propane. They ship uh, natural gas liquids and it's through a batch system so that they ship, uh, you know, batch after batch after batch of light, sweet, crude. And then they would ship a batch of natural gas liquids, which would get uh, pulled off at the facility up north of Rapid River. And through pressure and temperature, they could peel out the propane mm-hmm. and then leave the ethane, ethene, butane, you know, all the other hydrocarbons that were in the natural gas liquids. And then the next batch of natural gas liquids that went through, they could pump those back into the pipe. So you can't just ship propane um, or they won't just ship propane, whatever it was. So that made a lot of sense to me why if the UP is going to continue getting the propane, you have to keep it open at the straits to allow that line to flow. Because they're not going to dead end it here. Yeah, you can't dead end it. Um, The other thing I found very interesting is, you know, as as dependent as the UP is on that line, uh, my goodness, lower Michigan is much more dependent on that line than we are. The airport alone. Right, Detroit Metro Airport. Yeah, yeah, it's huge how much... um, product that line carries which uh and in in the lower michigan where you know it's you know not extensive but with the lower michigan oil producers they rely on that line to ship their product to market over in sarnia ontario and you know a lot of product oh i didn't know that you're talking about the people who are taking the oil out of the ground right like in uh what is it like in the midland yeah, there's area. a whole area down there yeah oh, i didn't realize that yeah otherwise they would have to ship it you know by truck or by rail somewhere mm-hmm. so that would increase you know, their shipping costs, which would uh, give them, you know, a less uh, favorable position in the market. They'd have to, you know, either make mo- make less money or uh, raise their price and then maybe not sell their product as well. So um, and I can't remember what town it's in, but there is there is a point in uh, lower Michigan where the, those producers can inject into the Line 5 um, and get their product to market. And then it's unbelievable how much propane gets created in Sarnia and then sent back to Lower Michigan. You had the list of recommendations. The governor then came out with a budget proposal. I don't even know if it came through this budget. We're going to have to find out I'm where they were going sure. to put in a railroad spur through Escanaba that would go either to UP Propane or to the uh, refinery up in north of Rapid River and then be shipped out from, from there. Caused a little bit of concern within the industry here when that was announced. What do you think about that proposal? You know, that was one of the things that we talked about is, is, is a secondary supply, you know, rather than just, you know, the, the fractionator up at Rapid River. If they could get it here by rail or truck, well, you know, you could buy truck, uh, rather expensive, um, you know, and, you know, that many more million, millions of miles of, of truck travel required to get the propane here. But we talked about rail. Um, my understanding is there is a, a facility up uh, up in the Estreming area, um, but there was they were right they were looking at putting one here in the in the Escanaba Delta County area um, for getting propane by rail. My guess is, and from what I remember of on, we, us learning on the task force, is that you know the ch- cheapest way by far to get it here is through Line Five, 
rail would be more expensive, but it would be you know a secondary source. It's always good to have more than one option on on how to get a product to market. So that'd be great. I, I know some of the things we talked about was uh, you know storage, encouraging additional um, storage, right? The 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 sellers, uh, distributors to have more storage. Um, and that's the other part of the budget proposal that she has okay. is to build more of that storage because it would be you, you had no place to put it once it was brought here right where you're producing it as you need it from the pipeline right so there's little storage that's needed at that point right right but having storage here would would help you know if they could buy it during the summer at a lower price and then you know storage would help uh, alleviate the price spikes like we saw in was it 2014 when propane prices went um, much higher. That's actually the number one recommendation that you had was to encourage a customer storage incentive program. Right. We, we talked about storage both on the customer side and the Company distributor side. side. Mm-hmm. Um, so encourage more, you know, 1,000-gallon tanks instead of 500-gallon tanks, you know, at, at, you know, at the homes. Um, but I know we had encouraged uh, uh, the distributors to put in, you know, and of course, they'd be talking, you know, much much larger tanks, so fifty thousand gallon tanks, or, or something of that nature, where they would have more on site. You know, concern is, you know, that that's going to cost money, so people are going to, you know, somebody's going to have to pay for that extra storage. You talk about this being a backup, although I think that they were expecting it to be the replacement. Do you consider this a replacement? These proposals, or do you consider it a backup? I always saw them as a backup, but. Maybe other people um, have other ideas for them. So you would like to see Line 5 continue? Oh, I would, yeah. Just, yeah, it, it, you know, it's what, 65% of the propane in the UP comes from there. And that, that was one of the, um, like I said, I learned a lot. It was, it was, it was, I'm very glad I was on the board. Uh, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best uh, talks or informational sessions we had was, I think we were in, I think we were in St. Agnes for that one. But Dr. Rochelle Winkler from Michigan Tech came and gave a presentation on demographics, and she showed um, that there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of old people in the UP um, that probably aren't, shouldn't be out, you know, swinging a chainsaw, cutting firewood. Uh, there's a lot of poor people in the UP. So, you know, to keep them in mind, you know, on the propane. And and, and some of the studies I'd seen, the London Economics showed, you know, pro, uh, if Line 5 was shut down, propane costs would go up, you know, I don't know, 25 cents Uh Something like that. So for me personally, it'd be a couple hundred bucks. Not the end, you know. But I, you know, I, I have a fairly new home. Yeah, I don't want to pay a couple hundred bucks more. To me personally, it's not the end of the world. One of the things we found is there's a lot of old housing stock in the UP that is not very well uh, insulated. There's programs for that, right? Through well, the, they're they're really the community for action propane. agency. Oh, I meant the housing to improve the heating of of the housing, right? But there was um oh shoot I can't remember the term now um Alice okay. asset limited income constrained employees where people that are working but in, in not a, you know a, a real high paying job where they couldn't afford they could only afford like an older house mm-hmm. um that didn't have much insulation but they didn't have the money to make improvements on this house and over uh, over there on the east end they had um. You know they were they were trying to help, uh, but limited funds. They were you know they were only doing a couple or a handful of houses per year on uh, giving them makeover basically with you know improving doors, windows, insulation, things like that. Right. Um, but that was one, another one of the recommendations um, is that they they put basically a surcharge on propane 
to create funding to help um, upgrade homes. Yeah, and and people just to pay their bill, um, and encourage people to get on the um, the budget plan where you you know you typically sign up for that in the summer and, and you lock in at a lower rate, but you got to, you prepay. Um, so you, you know, you pay your thousand dollars or whatever, you, mm-hmm. how much propane you want for the year, but you get it at a lower rate than you typically would get, uh, buying it on spot market in the middle of winter. Your recommendations were very pertinent at the time because the governor was shutting down line five within the time that you were doing the recommendations. That's kind of been put on hold now. Do you see any movement that somebody's actually trying to address the propane needs here in the UP, or is that just all of it put on hold? Oh, well, you know, since the... Because of the lawsuit. Well, right. It, it, since we made our recommendations um, and and the group disbanded, I you know, I haven't received any further communications, you know, from that, from that board, uh, you know, from the chair or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I guess I really don't know where these recommendations went. You know, they were non-binding. They were just recommendations. Right. Um, so I'm not... I haven't followed that closely to see if, you know, any of them have made their way into, you know... Policy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So The next set of recommendations you had dealt in general terms with the energy needs for the Upper Peninsula. I didn't realize this, but the UP only produces 51% of the electrical power that it needs. Uh, the rest of it is either within the state or outside of the state. Of course, the UP probably gets most of it from the Wisconsin Right. area more than anything what is the general condition of electric power in the up and this came to a head when uh upco was trying to sell its plant in suffin marquette and to uh try and get out of with the mines when the mines separated from upco and then we ended up with that wisconsin those we energies we energies we, yeah, we ended up with wisconsin part of it and they started that michigan up only one to try and bring the cost down, right? Upco had, oh boy, if I'm getting this right, Upco had originally partnered with Cliffs with to build Cliffs. the plant. Cliffs went on their own. Yeah, then We Energies bought that plant. Boy, I want to say in the early '90s. But yeah, you're, you're talking about Presque Isle uh, mm-hmm. power plant. And then yeah, they were looking to. Um, so now we're getting out of the coal-fired power plants and going into natural gas. So what's our condition? Are we dependent? Too dependent? Are we okay? As far as electrical production and use in the UP, well, yeah, and you know, I, I, I we very rarely get uh, notice of you know like uh, any potential curtailment issues, which which tells me uh, that you was know, never an issue. It was always cost, wasn't it? it was for consumers, it was high cost of energy. Are we too high cost? Well, we're yeah. There's a lot of the UP that um, has higher than average uh, power costs. But the the reason Presque Isle went into the SSR agreement that they did is um, the Michigan Choice Law. Mi- Michigan is a hybrid state that allows up to generally up to ten percent of a utilities, you know, native customer base to um, have choice for energy, not on the delivery charge, but on the energy charge. The only carve out on that was uh, for the mines, the iron mines up in uh, Marquette County. Yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but they they exercised that option. They went with a different supplier. So then Wisconsin Electric, you know, had the Prescott plant here basically to feed the mines. Uh, since the mines were no longer their customer, they didn't need the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they asked MISO, the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, if they could um, shut it down. 
MISO looked it over and said due to uh, reliability reasons, they had to keep the plan open, which, right, led to an SSR agreement, which is System Support Resource Agreement with uh, MISO. The way things were, um, it was a little line in, in the MISO tariff that uh, I think was, you know, maybe an oversight from years back, is that uh, they would have any SSR costs would be spread over the whole, the entire ATC footprint, which is the eastern half of Wisconsin as well as the Upper Peninsula. People in Wisconsin were not seeing any reliability benefits of that plant in Marquette. So riding. they opted out, yeah. So they went to court over it, and um, and then yeah, then a, uh, a new local balancing authority was formed, which was you know just in the UP, mm-hmm. um, which changed those costs around. So then yeah, most. Oh boy, it was ninety some percent of those costs for Presque Isle were then allocated to customers in the UP. Reading from the report, it says UP residents may consume less energy than the average Michigan household, but pay higher average rates, as much as thirty percent higher than the statewide average. So, what is our future for energy in the UP? As the names have changed, it was Wisconsin Electric, and and part of the. I don't know if it was really part of the SSR, but it was in that same time frame where um, that's when Valerie Brader was like the energy czar, I guess you could call her for the state of Michigan. And and she wanted um, a, a UP-based or a Michigan-based uh, utility up here. So Wisconsin Electric created UMERC, Upper, yes. Upper, Upper Michigan, Michigan Energy Resources right. Corporation, which was you know basically the old uh, assets um, of From Wisconsin Electric, yeah. as well as WPS, which was you know, down in the southern part of Menominee Colony. So now UMERC has a presence here in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, they have those gas plants in the Ghani area as well as over in Pelkey, which, you know, the 51% you talked about, um, you know, that's a big part of it. There's, you know, UPCO has some hydro. But, you know, I think we're in a good good spot. You know, the transmission system is, is tremendously improved from what it was 20 years ago when uh, ATC was formed. The they one did thing, a lot of investment oh, right, coming into know, the UP. Yeah. One thing that um, those generators up in Nagani and Pelkey, the industry acronym form is RICE generators, which is reciprocating internal combustion engines. They're big, I don't remember what they are, 16-cylinder engines? But, I mean, they're huge. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. until you actually see one, you, you can't believe how big they are. But they're very large, but the, and they're very efficient. Uh, and the other benefit of them is they have a very fast ramp rate, so they can, you know, very quickly uh, control the the power output on them, which would make them perfect uh, partners for renewable energy. If there was some cited in the UP, uh, because the renewable energy uh, generation varies with the wind or 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 with the. Uh, uh, cloud cover versus you know how much sunlight's hitting them. Those race units are a perfect complement to that because they can react quick enough. Or if you know your wind or solar energy generation drops off, the race units can ramp up very quickly. So. Natural gas is still one of those things. Most of us heat our houses with that, if not propane. Uh, so natural gas, we don't hear much about. So is that? I know that the rates are still higher than the statewide average, but how are we doing with that? We don't hear about shipping of natural gas being a problem in the UP. Right. There's, um, th- We touched on this a little bit on the task force. Uh, there was two lines that ran across the UP. That was really no issue. It was just... Right. Um, but still a part of the overall picture. You're feeling right. good about the future of our energy needs here in the UP? Yeah. I, I, you know, I... Yeah. Why I, is that? 
Well, just, I, I mean, the transmission system is here. There's some generation here, you know, and until, you know, a, a massive new load came in, I, I think, I think we're fine. I think if anything, it has been, the load has been declining over the years. Part of that's efficiency. Part of it's just, um, well, probably the biggest part is efficiency. And, and some of our bigger users to generate their own power, you know, right here in Delta County, uh, the paper mill, you know, they generate a lot of their own power. They have a boiler house here. Oh, sure. Um, I don't believe they burn. You any mentioned coal anymore, that but. older people can't go out and cut wood. Is that a viable energy source in the UP? Well, that's, I mean, we all know yeah. that you can do that, but is it a major part? I don't remember the numbers, but um, it wasn't as big a percentage as I had thought it would be. Okay, because um, you know, growing up, we always cut firewood. Right. Um, but I thought that it would still be a very small part. It, it, it is. Yeah. Um, but. It was just something that you know people had talked about as as an alternative. Is you know, if propane gets too expensive, go go cut firewood. But um, I remember those, and I don't remember the exact numbers. Um, but I just remember you know the the general uh, message, I guess, from uh, Dr. Winkler was that it's uh, an older population in the UP. <laughs> you don't want to be cutting I, I, the wood. Yeah, nobody sure. wants you know grandpa yeah. out on a chainsaw <laughs> and you know cutting himself. So. What do you think about your time on the task force? It was good. Uh, met some good people. Uh, learned a lot. Um, just so, uh, you know, on the propane side, especially, I, I guess that I'd wasn't never your focus before, right? You know, I I just I burn propane at home. I just get my pre buy flyer. I send it in every year. And <laughs> <laughs> no issues. But but it was very interesting to see, you know, how it actually uh, gets here. Uh, and and we we actually took a tour of the facility up at Rapid River one day. Um, uh, very interesting. You know, I had driven by it hundred times. I, I never knew what they did there mm-hmm. or how they did it. Um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Did it help you at all with your new job, knowing this stuff? Uh, <laughs> Feel a little bit more than just the electrical part of it, knowing uh, what's going on in the UP? Yeah, I, 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 I can't cite a specific example, but yeah, it, all knowledge is good. Okay. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it. So, Well, I appreciate uh, all the time with us this morning, oh, spending sure. a lot of extra time uh, with you, talking about different things, about your new job and what's going on at uh, the Alger Delta Electric Co-op, and of course, your membership here on the UP Energy Task Force. Uh, Mike Fermansky, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula.